Welcome to the Readerly Report. Your hosts are Gail Weiswasser and Nicole Bonilla. We hope you will enjoy our candid book conversations, recommendations, and observations on the reading life. Thanks so much for joining us. All right, so welcome to the Readerly Report. Gail and I are going to be discussing audiobooks at this tail end of Audiobook Month. Yes. Happy June is Audiobook Month. Happy, yeah. <laughs> Happy end of June is Audiobook Month. So. Right. Actually, I have a post going up on Sunday for, it's like a blog tour for June is Audiobook Month through the audio, what is it, the APA, Audiobook Publishers Association. So I'm still celebrating it for sure. <laughs> Okay. Um, so Nicole and I are both big fans of audio. We have talked about it, audio a lot on the show, and we use audio in slightly different ways. But we both have been listening to a lot of books lately. And so today what we wanted to do in honor of June's Audiobook Month is talk a little bit about some of our favorite audio listens of the last, I don't know, six months or so, six to nine months. So if you're... About right. Yeah, if you're looking for something new to, to listen to, we have some ideas. But before we get into that, we are going to do our usual and just talk about, and these aren't necessarily audiobooks, but just talking about what we've been reading, what we finished up. Um, um, okay. So, Gail, what have you been reading? So, since we last talked, I think I had been reading The Queen of Hearts. and Kim Marie Martin? Yeah, and I don't so did remember. You, I think you finished that up, and you you didn't like it, but you got through it, right? Yeah, or maybe didn't, not. Didn't like it. Um, yeah, so I finished the Queen of Hearts. It, I was pretty disappointed with it. It was uh, not. I, I don't know. That book has gotten great reviews, and people love it. And I went on Goodreads, and I just it did not work for me that well. Um, it's a. I thought an overblown story. It's based on a secret that wasn't really all that amazing. Um, there's lots of medical jargon thrown in there. I think to, uh, you know, the author's a, a doctor, so I think she'd want to throw in all this medical stuff, but it didn't really do much to advance the story. And it, I don't know, in the end, I found it pretty disappointing. You've not read it, right? I haven't. Yeah. I haven't. It was on my list to read. I had a, I have a copy somewhere. It's a beautiful cover. Um. But it ultimately did not deliver. No, it did not deliver. So um, I finished that, and then I read a book called One True Loves, which is by Taylor Jenkins Reid. That's the second book I've read by her in the last couple months. Right, and And did you like it? I did, I did. It's, um, I don't know if I told you what the premise was, but it's about this woman who marries her high school sweetheart. They move out to California they're soulmates, everything's wonderful, and then they both have these kind of adventurous free spirits, and he goes on this helicopter trip off of Alaska to do some photography, I think, as for a job, and he disappears. So the helicopter goes down, he disappears, he's never heard from again. She moves back to Boston, where she's from, moves back in with her parents, she takes over their bookstore, she sort of, like, after a long mourning period, gets on with her life, reconnects with a another friend from high school who she ends up dating. They get engaged, and then, like, boom, phone rings. It's her husband, who turns out was not dead that whole time. Oh, don't you just hate that? 
Yes, when you're <laughs> when you just moved hey, when your husband, your yeah, and, and your husband just, reappears. He's not dead. Yeah. <laughs> so who does she choose? So it's all about like her loyalty to both of them, and she's in love with these two men who are very different. And what does she do? And I mean, the premise is completely unrealistic and silly in many ways, but it's like an irresistible premise for a book. And I read it in like two days because I just, I had to know who she, who she chose in the end. It was this great setup. Right. So, um, yeah, I won't say too much more about it because I, uh, you know, I don't want to prejudice any readers, but if that sounds appealing, it's a, it's a quick read. And I like the characters she draws, especially her women. They're just very relatable and I, I liked it a lot. So I feel like this is a lighter book for you and we had mm-hmm. kind of discussed why, you were reading some light, drawn to more lighter books. Um, we're talking about not reading dark stuff when we're just feeling frazzled and stressed out. And yeah, this fit the bill. It was not a lot it, of things yeah. going on. Yeah. So that's I would say good. that's the case. Um, I have a few more. Do you want me to do that or do you want to do yours? No. I mean, by all means. Yeah. So rare. I actually have a few. Okay. So then I reread, which is extremely unusual for me. Kitchens of the Great Midwest, my favorite book from 2017. I I looked at your blog um, because you did it on audio this time, right? I did. And I haven't reviewed it again. It's not up there yet. Um, Did you, you read it in print the first time you read it? Um, The first time I read it, I did it in a combination of audio and print. And I think I certainly finished it in print. Um, but I had done a bunch of, of the audio and this time around, it was the same thing. I did about 80% of it on audio and then I just had to finish it cause I love it so much. So, um, I wanted to see if it's, if it held up after all of those recommendations and all my like, you know, felling about how great this book was and it did, it was just as good. I loved it. So it was still my favorite book. <laughs> <laughs> I think this book has been mentioned every other podcast. I'm sure since, since you read it. I'm sure it's just as good. It's such an unusual book, um, and I love it so much. And I, it was just as good. And I like that now. I feel like my memory of it is sharper because I've had the reinforcement of a second read. So I won't get into too much because I always talk about it. But if you're looking for a book to read this summer, like this, just it's just top of my list. It's on my list. I actually have it and put it on my shelf where it's like books that I'm going to read eminently. Oh, good. It's been there for a while. I think I had started it, but then I had to finish a book club book and I just never got back to it. But I'm definitely, I mean, I've got to read this book before the (laughs) end of this year so that I can either join you in singing its praises or debate you on it. Yeah, no, that's fine. I'll welcome the debate. (laughs) Um, So what else have you got? And then I read, actually read a nonfiction book that you and I talked about in the beginning of the year when we talked about nonfiction we're looking forward to. It's called Can't Help Myself by Meredith Goldstein, and it is about a advice columnist in Boston. And she talks about how she got into being an advice columnist and a little bit about her life. And I, it was fine. I didn't love it. It was. I thought it was a little disappointing. Like, I kind of wanted more... Uh, discussion about like how she picks her letters and what she concludes. And it was, it was a little bit more shallow than I expected. And she talks about her life and her mother gets sick. And so you kind of go through her her mom's illness and a little bit of her ups and downs with dating. 
I mean, it was not a long read either. So it's, uh, it was fine. But at least I can say I ticked off one of the ones that I said I was going to read. That's always, that's always satisfying. Yeah. And now I've gone to the dark side to read Uh something heavy, which is a book. I'm listening to this on audio. It's a book that I have wanted to read for years and I bought it years and years ago at the Strand and I'm I finally found it on overdrive on audio. So I'm doing it on audio. It's called the submission by Amy Waldman. And it is about, um, that's that's supposed to be a dark book. Well, it's serious. Maybe dark is the wrong word. It's a serious book. So it's about, there's a, uh, competition in, I'm guessing it's the late two thousands for a memorial to be built on the site of ground zero. And the person who submits the winning bid, the winning uh, idea, turns out to be Muslim. And so... Oh, I remember hearing about that book. Yeah. So the question is, you know, what? how, does, how is the country going to react to a 9-11 memorial that's designed by a Muslim American? He's American, but he's Muslim. So um, I'm about 50 pages in. It's, um, it's heavy, and it's, I, I, I'm not loving the way it's told, there's just, I actually find it hard to focus on it. Like it's not sucking me in, but I'm going to, I'm going to see it through. Cause I'm just really, it's, it's an interesting book and the issues it deals with about, you know, grief and xenophobia and terrorism is it's interesting. I'm, I'm curious to see whether this was an of the moment book or whether it holds up, you know, 17 years after nine 11. Right. So that's my update. Tell tell us what you've been reading. Okay, so it's so funny because my friend Adam um, posted on Instagram and he tagged me like all the books that he's reading and they're all these sort of serious books with heft and and he's just, he asked what I was reading and I just had to admit that, you know, I'm just, I'm not reading anything serious. Everything is sort of trashy popcorn or... (laughs) So um, I don't know. I don't know if, you know, I've been traveling a lot, so I just don't know if I have the focus to be into anything deeper. So I have several of those books to report on. Okay. So I read this book called Social Creature by her The author's name is Tara Isabella Burton. And it's supposed to be sort of this mashup between, or just like a more modern, um, talented Mr. Ripley. So I read that, and it is about these two young women in New York. You know, one is sort of this um, rich and and very privileged, entitled young woman who has somewhat dropped out of college because she's supposed to be writing this novel, but all she is doing is partying. And she meets this other young woman and just sort of takes her under her wing and introduces her to a different lifestyle. And it's all about what happens over the course of this sort of very intense friendship when young women are having, you know, they're trying to find themselves. Like there there are some identity issues that are going on. And of course, you know, it's sort of a big spoiler to say that this is sort of reminiscent of a talented Mr. Ripley, but that is how it is being billed. (laughs) And it is sort of like that. I don't know. It was good. I enjoyed it. Um, I wouldn't take it too seriously. It is sort of really very derivative if um, the talented Mr. Ripley were set among these young women. 
but uh-huh. it held my interest. Okay. So I enjoyed it. Like I said, if you're looking for something that's sort of deeper or if you're looking for something where you feel like the story is super original, then maybe this is not the book I would pick up. But, you know, once I was reading it, I definitely wanted to finish and see what was going to happen next and to see how the author juggled um, the characters that she created. So. Okay. Um, I just read Dark Matter by Crouch. Yep. Um, my book club is going to be discussing it next week. So I kind of tore through that in, I think, probably 24 hours because it was one of those books that you definitely want to see what's going on. And the premise of that book, if you don't know, is this, you know, this man, he has a family. Um, he's married. And I guess he and his wife both sort of, their paths have diverged from the the lives that they thought they would lead you know she thought she was going to be an artist he was going to be you know he was like this hot shot up and coming scientist but she got pregnant and they got married now I think he teaches high school science or maybe college science so he has not he has not fulfilled the promise that was expected of him and she no longer teaches art she's um she's sort of some combination of stay-at-home mom and but she also teaches art classes to to I think preschool children so their lives are totally unexpected not what they thought and then he goes out one night to have drinks with an old colleague who is celebrating like some scientific advancement um, that he's made and he basically is kidnapped from his life And he doesn't know why, but he starts, in order to get back home, he's basically exploring all of these different versions of of his life or thinking about the lives that he did not live. Okay. So it has some very interesting, you know, definitely a page turner in the sense that you want to see if he's able to get back to his family and how he resolves this kidnapping and who's behind it. But also, you know, makes you think about the dreams that you had and the choices that you make. Cause you know, we, uh, we have all these ideas of what our life will be like <laughs> and then yeah. life happened. So that's sort of interesting. I'm looking forward to what that conversation will be like with my book club and what comes up, you know, like what they discuss or what everyone's different point of view is. So hmm, that's exciting. Okay. I'm also okay. listening to this book on audio called Rough Beauty by Karen Alvinen. It's one of those books that's interesting. I tend to, like I said, I seems like I go for either mysteries or nonfiction when I'm reading or when I'm listening on audio. And this isn't a book that I probably would not have picked up otherwise, but it's about this woman who basically loses everything in a fire like she's a writer she loses all of her writing and paperwork and basically her history in this fire and it's sort of about how she rebuilds her life and how she's always been a loner so she lives this life basically surrounded by wilderness and nature and pretty much off the grid for about 10 years and this is her book about those experiences and I'm really enjoying it so far she talks about her upbringing, and sort of the things that have influenced her, who she thought she would be, and um, and so what her life is like after just basically when you lose everything that defines you, how you start again. So 
I'm really enjoying that one. Okay. Wow, you have a lot going on on the reading front. Um, I do, and I'm actually finishing up Tangerine, finally, by Christine Mangan. It's another sort of um, book that is described, I don't know, I guess lots of people exploring the talented Mr. Ripley. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So Uh, That book has gotten so much attention. So does, does, does it hold up? I really like it. I mean, it's definitely a quiet book. It depends on what you're looking for. Um, but I'm really enjoying it. I'm really enjoying the the language. It's, you know, it's dual perspectives. It takes place in 1956, but it also takes place in Morocco and Tangier. And, you know, it's just, it's really interesting to see basically two fragile women interact with each other and sort of, I guess, the chaos and the choices that come out of it. So I really, really like it. Um, I guess it's also one of these books that I I will have to see how it ends because I feel like it's one of those books where if it ends well, you really love it. But if the ending lets you down, it could be just, you could just as easily go the other way. But so Uh far, I really enjoy it. And, you know, I'll look forward to anything else that this writer comes up with. Okay. That's, that's a good recommendation. So on that everywhere. That note. Okay. Let's dive into our audios. Um, okay. So books that we recommend that we've listened to on audio over the last year or so or less. Um, okay. I'll start. Um, I'm going to start with nonfiction. I'm going to start with the uh, Bruce Springsteen memoir, Born to Run which is a long book, but it's narrated by Bruce. And I really... I remembered you had to speed up Bruce. Did I Did I do it or did I refuse to do it? No, you did it. You I did reached it. reached oh, the point sorry, where you Bruce. finally had to do it. Yeah. I mean, listen, that guy can talk. He has a lot of stories. <laughs> He's some of which are more interesting than others. You know, some of the minutiae about the people in his bands in the early years in Asbury Park. Like, you could probably trim a little bit. But um, it was just so much more compelling hearing that book in his voice. And uh, it's such an emotional book. So you hear the emotion when he's talking about his childhood and his dad and stuff like that. So I, um, I really recommend that as uh, one to pick up and try. It's, again, it's long. But if you're interested in like, rock memoirs or Bruce, then I think it's, it's definitely worth it. Sounds good. Yeah, I read Johnny Cash's memoir. I I enjoy music memoirs. People have such interesting interesting lives. So I think mm-hmm. the life the lives of artists, like either whether it's writers or whether it's musicians, just mm-hmm. their influences and how they grew up and how they translate into their art are always so fascinating for me. Yeah, uh, yeah, I love them too. Uh, I can't get enough of rock musicians uh, memoirs. So. That was my first one. What's your recommendation? All right. So two, I'm just going to mention briefly because I have waxed eloquently or or not so eloquently (laughs) about these books before several times. One is The Jane Austen Project by Kathleen Flynn. My gosh, I loved this book. It's about these people who are, it's set in the future and they basically figure out a way to go back in time into Jane Austen's time because they need to figure out something that happened in her final novel that was unfinished. 
I really liked that. I mean, the writing was really good and the story was well constructed. I just find that a lot of novels that um, sort of have anything to do with Jane Austen or Jane Austen retellings, they can leave a little bit lacking, but there was just so much about, you know, the detail from the period and, you know, why they needed to do this. And there was, a you know, an alternate love story. It was just so interesting. You know, I think that they wove the details of Jane Austen's life through this book really well and how, mm. and how modern people would react to, you know, going back and having to have all that knowledge that people had, you know, in the 1800s to survive, even if it's just about all the layers of clothing that you have to put on. So mm -hmm. I just found it totally fascinating. Killers of the Flower Moon, whether you listen to it on audio or whether you read it in print, it's just, you know, it's just one of these fascinating nonfiction stories about um, darker part of our history, something that we don't hear about a lot. And it was about the murders of the Osage Indians, which they, which David Grant sort of intertwined with the birth of the FBI. So um, just, you know, if you're interested in history or anything like that, you know, like the birth of the FBI, um, these mysterious murders that took place and, and how they were investigated totally fascinating so can't recommend that enough it's a book that has multiple narrators each one takes a different section of the book and they all do a great job okay uh my next audiobook to recommend is stay with me by ayobame adebayo which you and i both picked up at the uh, bea buzz panel last year and i did that in audio maybe last summer and that was a beautiful audiobook. Uh, she does a couple of different voices, and her accent is perfect. And it's just, um, it's such an emotional book. I'm sure you remember that book about um, a husband and a wife who can't get pregnant and just kind of how they deal with infertility and marriage and how they talk to each other and the lies they tell each other. And it's just such a raw, a book full of raw emotion. And I thought the narrator did a fantastic job of conveying that emotion. And she did the men and she did the women and she did accents. And it, I thought it was great. So very powerful book that was enhanced even more by the, the audio telling. Okay. Yeah, I really did love that book. Um, I can imagine it was a powerful book to listen to. I thought it just was so surprising. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like, you never did not know how that book was going to end. No, definitely. And it, de it took some turns that I was not expecting. Yeah. But that were totally, um, I guess, no natural and organic to the circumstances. Yep. So the next book that I really enjoyed was Sometimes I Lie by Alice Feeney. I feel like it was a book that I just saw all over the place, and I was curious about it, so I got it on audio. Stephanie Racine read it, and she did a really good job. Like, I really enjoyed, um, I really enjoyed this audio. It was easy to follow, and sometimes things on audio, when you're jumping back and forth between time periods, are not necessarily that easy um, to read, but I always felt like I knew where I was in the book. So this is about a woman, her name is Amber Reynolds, and she's, 
She tells you three things about her in the beginning. She's in a coma, her husband doesn't love her, and sometimes she lies. So basically, she's in a coma. She doesn't know what happened to her. And it's both told in the present where she is lying in the hospital and she can hear the things that are going on around her. So her husband is visiting, her sister is visiting, you know, she's got all these nurses around her. They're not, you know, she's not responsive. So they don't know that she's awake. So of course people are telling you, you're hearing tantalizing bits of of, um, conversation and trying to figure out what has happened to land her here. And if it's, you know, if it's who you suspect or if it's something different. So at the same time, it's also going back to about a year you know, right before these events took place, like I think just after Christmas or New Year's. So you learning about her life, you know, how she was working as a journalist, who her co-workers are, and what their relationships are. So you have all kinds of suspects. But it was just it was it was just really interesting. You know, I thought it was well done and it held my attention. And I think I would have enjoyed it in print as well. Hmm. Okay. So my next book is called Green and it's by Sam Graham Felson. And um, I talked about this earlier this year on the podcast. And uh, in some ways, it's an interesting choice to choose for audiobooks that I would single out. But it is a book about a middle age, sorry, middle school kid who's growing up in Boston in the 70s. And he's white and he goes to an almost entirely black school. And he lives with his parents and he's kind of wanting to go to this uh, application-only school, magnet school in Boston, uh, so that he can be more academically challenged and be, you know, with a different kind of group of more serious students. But it's all about, like, his life over the course of this year. I think he was an eighth grader. And um, what's really interesting is that the book is narrated by an African-American performer, and the character is white. And I thought that was a very interesting choice, an unusual choice. And um, I had the opportunity to ask the author who came to read from this book at Politics and Prose here in D.C. And I asked him about the audiobook, and I said, "What's with that decision?" And he said they narr- they they auditioned a whole bunch of people. And because there's so much slang written in this book, and it's it's told very much from like the way that all the kind of the neighborhood kids talked. He just said it sounded so much, made so much more sense and sounded like such a better fit to have the actor who they eventually went with over all these white actors who showed up to, to audition. I just thought it was really interesting, just given that the book is so much about race, that, you know, why, why would you do this, make this kind of obvious decision to go with a narrator that's the opposite race from the person who's narrating the book? But it worked out really well, and I thought he did a fantastic job as a narration. It's an interesting book and it's a memorable one. I mean, I read it a few months ago, but I, it stays with me a lot. Um, and there's some kind of painful and sad parts of it, but there's also some really funny parts. And, uh, I, I definitely recommend the audio for this one. Hmm. That was definitely on my list to read. I remember talking about that. Oh yeah. You should pick it up. I can lend that to you. I can do, I should do audio. Uh, I thought the audio was really good, but okay. I, th- I mean, I think it'd be good in print too. Okay. It's not, it's not probably not, wouldn't take you very long to read it in print either. Okay. And then I'll put in one final plug for the audiobook for Kitchens of the Great <laughs> Midwest, because I think the audio for Kitchens is fantastic. It's narrated by two people, 
a man and a woman. The woman is Amy Ryan, who's an actress. You may know her from The Office. She plays Holly Flax, who eventually marries um, Michael Scott. She's hilarious. and but, but there's actually many parts of the book that are not funny at all. And she's very good at taking on a very serious voice. And then there's a guy who narrates the other parts. He does a fantastic Minnesota accent. Um, this kind of Midwestern, like, Minneapolis, I don't know what you call it, a twang. I don't know what it is, but he's great. And I thought that their audio together was really, really good. So if you if you have been convinced to try Kitchens of the Great Midwest and you're interested in doing an audio, it's a fantastic compliment to the book. I am so curious. I mean, as much as you've talked about Kitchens of the Great Midwest, I'm so curious to see if any of our listeners has picked it up since then and what they think. Yes, um, if you have, let me know. So if you have... Um, I have recommended this book to probably 30 people. Just, you know, you know like personally. Been, I would say well, 29 of them have loved it. And one oh. was like, one didn't like it. So it is your, basically my book that has that equivalent is Destiny of the Republic by Candace Millard, who, whether you like fiction or nonfiction or whatever you like, I always recommend that book. I think it's so good. Yeah. Um, and, and basically everyone I've recommended to who's read it has loved it. Yep. So. All right. So um, the next book that I read that was really good. It came out back in March. It was called The Neighbors. It's by Hannah Mary McKinnon. Um, it's narrated by like three or four um, audiobook narrators. It is um, the story that is about family secrets. It's about this woman who has basically um, carried the guilt of a car crash that killed her her younger brother, and she's sort of estranged from her family. But on this very devastating night, she meets a man who she marries and she has a child with. And one day she discovers that a man that she has known from her past lives next door to her. So most of the novel is about, you know, finding out how they knew each other um, because she's very upset to to find that he's moved next door. So it's about how all of these families are interacting with each other because they are neighbors and her husband, of course, is being neighborly and they are exchanging visits with this family. And it's so it's about the relationship that she had back in the past with this man and if it relates to anything that has happened that happened um, as a part of her past. Like you just don't know how he fits in and what role he was playing in her life. And that is something that develops over this over the course of the story this one also had one of those endings that I that I was not expecting um and I won't say how it made me feel because um I don't want it to be spoilery in any any way but I was definitely surprised by I was definitely surprised by how events unfolded in this book and for that reason I think it would make an interesting um book club pick hmm okay so sort of a domestic drama. Those are the best. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we have given some audio recommendations. And as always, we're big fans of audiobooks and the audio industry. So happy June is audiobook month. But for us, audiobooks extend well past the month. And we hope that, you know, for people who haven't given them a try, that they try them out and 
get addicted to them the way we are. And I just want to say, I mean, I don't know. I just, it's been interesting because I read this um, article in the New York Times. And it's about how they're really discovering, I guess, audio is exploding in terms of its growth and and um, the publishing industry realizing what they have with audio. Of course, um, Amazon has Audible, and they've been in the audio game for a long time, and they're doing all these interesting things and sort of developing articles that go straight to audio and developing authors that they are actually putting on audio first. Um, so it's, it's going to kind of be interesting to see where audio goes because people have discovered that it's great for for your commutes or if you're doing errands or all those things, you know, those times that I say that I particularly am into audio when I'm taking walks or, you know, when I'm doing something where my mind does not have to be engaged, but, you know, I'd sort of like to multitask and entertain myself. So it's interesting to see that this is catching on and, you know, as sort of book sale book sales have dwindled and um and even ebook sales i think you know are flat or declining that audio is kind of exploding so yeah what what's the some stat i just read the last year sales of audiobooks were like 3. Point something billion dollars or something yeah it's something huge amount something crazy and i guess audible has been cutting deals with authors for their books before even the publishing company. Yeah. Have. So there's some back and forth. That's um, exciting. Goes yeah. hand in hand with the explosion of podcasts too. You know, people just want to listen. They want to, they've got yeah. these personal devices. They can listen to them anywhere and people like to, you know, personalize and customize their, their media consumption that way. And you can choose. I mean, it's easy to listen to a chapter. You know, they have the sleep timer where if you think you can only make it through 10 or 15 minutes before you know you're going to fall asleep. <laughs> right. Um, do you ever use that? No, because I I listen to it in the car. So that's right. Get for, get for your commute. Are you still yeah. averaging about two a month? Uh, yeah, maybe a little less, like one and a half. Uh huh. Yeah, usually it takes me two to three weeks to get through. And actually, my office is moving, and um, which is great because I'll be a lot closer to my house. But it means that my oh. commute's going to be shorter. Yeah, so I have to figure out another way to do it. I was actually thinking I might walk to work more. Um, oh yeah, that would, case, that would work. Yeah, yep, and then I can definitely do it, or I can do it when I'm walking the dog or something. I actually read print when I'm walking the dog, which I know I get some strange looks sometimes. <laughs> take him out; he's really slow, and so I just kind of sh- like shuffle along the street with these books in my hand, and I think people look like I get these double takes, like what is she doing? Right. But maybe I'll maybe I'll switch to um, audio on my phone while I'm walking him, so that I don't lose the time because that. You know, that 20 minutes is a lot. Yeah, I get excited sometimes. I'm like, well, maybe I'll start cooking more, and then I can listen to audiobooks and cook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's we'll true. So we'll see. Yeah. So until uh, next time, everyone. Yes. Happy listening, happy reading, and we will talk to you next week. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Readerly Podcast. You can find issues of Readerly at readerlymag.com. Please subscribe to the Readerly Podcast at iTunes or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Until next time, keep reading.